2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Mommy, I hear the baby cry. Help me, are the words she's in time? Where have I been? Lord, teach me how to pray. On my I don't understand you Thank mm-hmm. you. Beautiful You want me made-
0: Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. You know, just taking some time, like we always do on the show, to worship God. And everybody always wants to know why, uh, out of all the blog talk radio shows, and I can tell you this: we probably play more music, more worship uh, than any other blog talk radio show. I'll tell you why. Because we know the value that God places on it. We understand that, you know, there's a lot of things that can be taught, and that's a good thing. We need foundation. We need instruction. We need correction. We need structure in our lives based on God's word. And so teaching and education is good. But, you know, there's some things that are not taught, but they're not taught, but they're caught. There's some things that you've got to get up into the atmosphere of heaven, to accomplish. There's some things that you need God's spirit in your life to accomplish that your human wisdom, that your natural abilities will not handle, will not accomplish. And so, you know, the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And we need to begin to do things by his spirit. The book of Psalms says, unless the Lord build the house, those that labor, labor in vain to build it, which means you can put all kinds of energy and effort into building something, creating something, but if God is not in it, if it's not of the Lord, the Bible says the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever, which means there's a point in time where the only thing that's going to remain is the word of the Lord in the things that are founded on his word and by his spirit. And you know there's a there's a spirit of prayer, there's a spirit of peace, there's a spirit of healing, there's a there's a spirit of wisdom, there's a spirit of power, spirit of counsel, spirit of might that God has for you all wrapped up into the person that we call the Holy Spirit. It's a packaged deal. There's not all these separate spirit or entities It's one spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. We need to get to a place in our lives where we become more concerned about what he has to say, in which direction he is going, which direction he is moving, than what anyone else has to say or where anyone else is moving towards or what anyone else is moving towards. You know, God is calling us, the Bible says, God seeketh such to worship him, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit, which means it's not mentally asserted, it's not mentally processed. The carnal mind is enmity with God. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And there's something about setting your heart, something about setting your focus on the things of God that make a difference in your seasons. You know, the difference in your seasons is
1: who you choose
0: to believe. That makes the difference in your season. Are you going to choose to believe God and what he says? Are you going to choose to believe man's report? When the doctors come to you with a negative report and tell you that it's hopeless and tell you there's nothing they can do for you, Is that your time to lay down and die? Or is that your time? And, you know, let me say it this way because, honestly, when the doctors come to you and tell you there's no hope, that's not your time to trust God as your healer. You need to trust God as your healer. And you need to have that founded in your life. You need to have that settled in your life that he is who he says he is way before your crisis happens way before the circumstances appear
1: you know when you're in the middle of a fire
0: you don't wait till it's all around you and then decide I better get out of this you know if you're jumping in a river in a in a bad way you know we always use the term jumping in a river Talking about getting in the presence of God or whatever analogy we use, but I'm talking about look, if you're in a the middle of a flood, okay, you don't you don't just jump right in the middle of it and
1: expect
0: for help you you gotta prepare for things there's preparation look that's why even in our country, we have disaster preparation for when there's a natural disaster or some. State of emergency. They've got uh, a FEMA uh, team in place. They have teams in place. They have people in place, structures set in place so that when the crisis happens, they're somewhat prepared for it. Now, we can't prepare for every crisis, but listen, God knows what's coming. God knows what's right around the corner for us, good or bad. And that's why it takes a heavenly perspective sometimes. It takes The Bible says to set your mind on things above and not on things below. Set your mind on things of the spirit to cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God's knowledge. And see, there's things in your life that are competing against the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God, the ways of God. There's things in your life that are constantly competing. Jesus said, look, my sheep hear my voice. I'm the good shepherd. He says, and my sheep know me, I know them, and my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. Now listen, that right there tells you, when he says the voice of a stranger, they won't follow, he never says you're not going to hear strange voices, he never says you're not going to have competing voices conflicting, competing against what he's telling you to do, but listen. The problem is, is for some of us, we have no frame of reference for the things of God. Partially because we have not applied ourselves to get into the Bible and find out some of the things that God has to say. Because you realize that the Bible is not everything that God really has to say. Now, it's everything that's recorded that God has to say. and. That's not to say that other men have had revelations of God that they've shared in books. Now, I'm not saying all those things are Holy Spirit-inspired because I don't believe that. I don't believe every Christian book out there is Holy Spirit-inspired. I don't believe every Christian church out there is Holy Spirit-inspired. I believe there are some things, some principles. There's some disciplines. There's some fruit that comes out of those places that is Holy Spirit-inspired. But you need to realize in this world, not all ungodly advice comes from ungodly people. Sometimes it comes from the people right in our midst. Sometimes it comes from people with good intentions that wish the best for us and they want good things for us. And what they have in their mind as a good thing for us may not be what is in the mind of God as a good thing for us. So the, the key is. The principle is: is as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So, what do you fill your heart with? What do you fill your mind with? What are you meditating on? What are you mulling over in your spirit? Because listen, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, that I want to drill it into your brains. The Bible says. that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Which means what gets on the inside of you. Now, we're not talking about your physical heart. We're talking about your spirit. We're talking about your conscience. We're talking about that inner being, that inner person that has the ability to connect with the Spirit of God. In fact, if you're born again, actually, the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, really. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead Dwells in your mortal bodies, which means not one like, not a similar spirit, but the same. Just like the Bible says, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That word mind can be another word for attitude. But the same attitude that was in Christ. Me and you. We're also told that we're to imitate those. Now listen, and this isn't a very popular teaching, but I want you to catch something here. Because see, we were given examples in the Word of God for our benefit. We were given examples in the Word of God to teach us and mentor us and train and instruct us in righteousness, right? But when it comes to the faith walk and of course we know Hebrews tells us without faith it's impossible to please God which means you have to have a faith a belief a trust a rely look the only way you get faith it's it's a fruit of the spirit but but how is it grown in your life how is it produced from the tree the the tree has to produce the fruit, so how does that work? The deal is is that you're the tree you're the tree, and you're either a tree of righteousness or you're a tree of unrighteousness and I'm saying that because the Bible equates our life like that of a tree let me let me just read it if I can let me read to you psalms psalms chapter one. And it's not Psalms, but it is the Psalm chapter 1. All right, so I'll give you a minute to get there. I'm going to take a minute. Rather than quote it, I just kind of want to break it down. Because I want you to see something. But God is very adamant, very inclined to making sure that we have an understanding that it's about his word. It's about what he says. And he contrasts two ways of life. If you look at the writings of David, there's two ways of life contrasted in the book of Psalm uh, chapter 1, book 1. And it says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now remember I said earlier, not all ungodly counsel comes from God. Uh, ungodly people. Of course ungodly counsel doesn't come from God. I said that wrong, but not all ungodly advice comes from the ungodly. It says, blessed is a man that does not stand in the way of sinners. Now it doesn't mean get in their way. It doesn't mean to get in the way of sinners, like to block them or keep them from doing things. In fact, anytime we can keep people from unrighteousness, that's a good thing. Any time we can encourage people to walk in the ways of the Lord, that's a good thing. But when we're talking about standing in the way of sinners, we're saying walking in their ways, standing where they stand, being among them, partaking in what they do. God says this is not going to bring blessing in your life nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. See, God won't be mocked. And you can't be a scorner or a mocker and expect to make it in the kingdom of God. But his delight, notice he said his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. David said the man who delights in the law of the Lord, he'll be blessed. And on his law does he meditate day and night. But God does not want this to just be a drudgery where we hammer things out with God. And sometimes we do have to hammer things out. But it's not supposed to bring, bring drudgery and woe. It's supposed to bring blessing and righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That should be the fruit of your life. That should be the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So God's calling us to a place where we really take him at his word. And I want you to understand this because I'm not talking about that we need to just have an over-glorified Bible study all the time. We don't need to have just an over-glorified Bible study all the time. But what we need to do is get to a place where we can hear his voice on a regular basis. And I'm not trying to sound spooky or mystical when I say hear the voice of the Lord. But we need to realize, do you know that the most repeated phrase by Christ in the New Testament is, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, I didn't say let him hear what the Bible reads, although we need to have... Doctrine, foundation, we need to have what we call objective truth in our lives. There's some things that are just objective truth. There's some things that are true, period. And we need to be founded on that. The Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? But we come to a place, I think, in the body of Christ where as a whole there's a lot of people that are going through the motions of the church and that they're solely looking for relief in the house of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to the house of God. God provides help from the sanctuary. God says to meet in the temple, to break bread from house to house, to fellowship and to gather with his people. So that's good. But see, you know, we talk about replacement theology where we take a piece of the Bible which talks about Jerusalem, and then now we equate it with the church. And we say, well, God really didn't necessarily mean that that was just for Israel then, but it's for the church now. And so they sort of throw out, um, I guess, the whole God's relationship with Israel and say, well, now that doesn't apply. That was applies to Christians. Well. There's replacement theology, and then there's replacement intimacy. There's replacement relationship. And what I mean by that, and understand what I'm saying, is that sometimes we replace our heavenly relationship, our kingdom relationship, our relationship with our heavenly father with the relationship with the church. And we replace. See, what happens, a lot of times we get born again. We get saved. We come into the things of God. We begin to study the word and learn God's ways. We begin to pray. We begin to cultivate and build a relationship with God. And then somewhere in the middle of it, somebody decides they're going to indoctrinate us or they're going to disciple us or teach us a thing or two or they're going to set us straight on the truth. And they begin to teach their formulated ideas about God. And they begin to script everything out. And put everything in a nice little package and say, hey, this is the way you get to God, and if you don't do it this way, then it's not God. And so what it does is it kind of puts everybody in a mold or in a box or in this framework that really is impossible to work within those parameters because, see, this is the deal. God does whatever he pleases. God does whatever he pleases. And the way he responds to people is different depending on who that person is. Now, personally I don't have any children. My wife and I have not been blessed in that area yet. I believe it's a timing seasonal issue, it's different things, dynamics going on where we just know when it's time, gotta work it all out and everything will work it out that way. But what I know about children is that or at least the people I know that have children and the way they deal with their children, is not every child can be talked to the same way. Not every person can be communicated to the exact same way. Some people feel loved when they receive things. Some people feel loved when they are spoken to. Some people feel loved when they feel some hug or handshake or type of affection. And everybody responds to love a certain way, just like people respond to people a certain way you You don't talk to your boss like you talk to your wife or your husband you don't you don't treat yourself like you treat your boss, and you don't treat
1: your children like you do a stranger's kid. This is the deal.
0: When God speaks to his children, and if you've got children, most of you know that the way you discipline and the way you communicate with those children, everybody learns and responds and interacts on a different level, on a different wavelength. For some, you have to be very stern and direct. For some, you have to be very sensitive and gentle. For some, you have to just shake to the core because they're hard headed and they just don't get it. And you know, God disciplines those he loves. God corrects those and chastens those he loves. God works with us, but, you know, he works with us depending on the place that we're at, depending on what's going on. So, you know, God's good. And the way he talks to you and the way he ministers to you and the way he communicates to you and the way he visits you and the way he blesses you may be different than the way he blesses other people. And so we need to be kind of careful that we don't put God in his parameters or put God in a certain box because he's speaking to us differently. It communicates to us in different ways. And the key is to be sensitive enough to recognize when it's God. It may not look like what it looked like in the past and he may not talk like what he used to talk like. When parents are raising a child raising a baby, you know, they go through the diaper changing phase and the fix everything face and through the terrible twos and stuff get broken and and trashed out. They they start having to fix things and the way they talk to babies is a lot different than they talk to a five-year-old is a lot different than they talk to a 10-year-old, which is definitely a lot different than you talk to a 16-year-old. And everybody's at these different places with the Lord where their maturity level is not always the same. And so the way God communicates to people a lot of times is based on their understanding, based on their maturity level, based on their experience with God, based on the way they respond to God's word. And the deal is is that God is speaking today. And I don't just mean through the 66 books that we call the Bible. Although I think that that's it right there. That's our, that's our foundation. That's the bottom line. And whatever is being said in the earth today by the Spirit, quote, unquote, by the Spirit, I say quote, unquote, because that's what people say, it better line up and at least have some continuity and at least have the same flow that the Scriptures have. Because He does God's ways and God's heart, listen, he doesn't change his way. God changes not. He does whatever he pleases. He did whatever he pleased from the beginning of creation. He did whatever he pleased at Calvary with Christ. He did whatever he pleased in the upper end at Pentecost. He did whatever he pleased when the book of Revelation was written with John and the Isle of Adam. And he's doing whatever he pleases today. God changes not. Listen, there's things in your life that are not founded on God. They're not founded on. And the Bible says that those things were gonna fall away and fall off. But only the word of the Lord will stand forever. So let's quickly But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit. and His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Do you wonder why sometimes you feel like you're withering? Do you wonder sometimes why whatever you're doing is not prospering? Maybe it's because you're not being the tree planted beside the rivers of living water. You've not made God's words your delight, and you've not meditated on it enough. See, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And if you want kingdom and you want blessing and you want Jesus, then you better get Jesus and kingdom on the inside of you if you want it to come out because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and whatever you speak comes into your life because you reap the fruit of your lips. So praise God. Well, Father, we just ask that you'd burn it in your heart, burn it in the hearts of your people your word. We ask a blessing upon them tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you that you're moving by your spirit. Heal everybody, touch everybody in their bodies and their minds and their spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Prayer International, and we'll be back tomorrow night. Have a good night.